Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Their point guard really hurt us bad. He did whatever he wanted. He shot threes. He assisted the. He he got his teammates great looks. Uh, we had no answer whatsoever for Viscovi. So somehow we've got to figure out an answer if we want to try to beat him. That would be nice. Welcome back in the zone. Justin Acri, Wes Moore, Christian Weaver, Pat Bradley will join us in mere moments. Quick red-white report. That game with Tennessee tomorrow night, 7.30 tip, 7 o'clock pregame. Right out of drive-time sports. And then stick around for the Guatney Automotive postgame show. We're going to do a little uh, impromptu watch party over at Brewski's if you're looking for a place to get out to watch the game tomorrow night. We're going to get Freaky Joe Franklin on the town for the first time in years. Wow. So if you're looking for a place to watch, we'll be over there rooting them on. Big game for the Hogs for sure. You know, and he just talked about Tennessee, but Musselman went on to talk about (laughs) – this is – it's so crazy to me. Adrio Bailey. Remember last year we, we were all, every time Adrio would take a three, everyone, ah, what is he doing? Get him out of the game. All of a sudden, Adrio Bailey is their best three-point shooter. Now, he's not shooting in volume, but Adrio Bailey leads the team in three-point shooting percentage for the season at 44%. He's it's their highest better. percentage three-point yes. shooter. Let's not call him their best three-point shooter. I, he's got the best percentage is what I said. And no, you said a, he's their best three-point shooter. When it comes to percentage, yes, 46% in the SEC. So it's even better as of late. Adrio Bailey, a guy we ridicule, ridiculed last year for shooting the three, this year is their most reliable three-point shooter, but he's taking smart threes, good threes. And Coach Musselman, explain he's why Adrio's in, getting better. He's put in a lot of time, you know, um, working on his craft and um i mean the one thing that you know philosophically that you know that we want is we want five guys that are a threat to make a three just because it opens up the floor you know what i mean and and uh i mean he's been the one guy that that especially with each games continue to get better and better from three he sure has let's talk to pat bradley about it. i'm sure he's excited as anybody is Pat Bradley in the Zone is brought to you by Bring a Battery. If you need a battery, call Bring a Battery at 501-747-6217 and they'll bring it to you when you need it the most. Here's Bradley for three. His first tray is good. He had six. You pick the time, place, and battery, and then let Bring a Battery do the rest. All right, let's bring him in. What's up, PB? What's up, fellas? What's up, fellas? What's up? How are you, buddy? Good. What's the word? What's the talk around town? Well, Hogs back to relevancy with the win this weekend. Big game against Tennessee tomorrow. Hogs certainly have a lot of correcting to do from the first time around. They will be at Bud Walton, which will help immensely. What do you see as keys to the game for Arkansas and Tennessee tomorrow? Well, um, the thing Tennessee will do is... They've got great length. They've got great size. They've got the ability to beat you up in the paint. Uh, Coach Musselman talked about their point guard. That's one thing they have uh, been a little inconsistent with just because both of their backcourt guys are freshmen. 
So with that, there's a ch- and they they've had games where they've made just crazy turnovers. Uh, so that is possibly an area where you say we would have an advantage. Put some pressure on them, and see if we can't create some points off of turnovers. And because they they have the ability to take advantage of everything we have in the paint. So how are we going to neutralize that? How are we going to get those possessions back? Um, that's going to be key, man. That, a, that's a real long athletic team. Um, I mean, their backcourt's, you know, 6'3", six, 6'6". Six, six. Uh, then they, they can, you know, then they go 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and then 6'10". So it's, uh, it's going to be difficult to, to beat them up. So you're going to have to make this a full-court game. And they're a very slow team, too. They want to just kind of slow it down, take our time, um, <clears throat> and wear you out, which it's a battle of wills tomorrow, fellas. It's going to be a battle of wills. It, Pat, to me, this is almost the game where Arkansas has to be on offensively, shoot the ball really well, and outscore Tennessee. And when I say that, I mean, like, you're going to have to beat them scoring 70-something points, 78-75. They didn't have the weapons to do that in Knoxville the other night. But with Joe back, if they have a shooting game like they did against Missouri, to me, that's their best chance, outscoring them. Because they're not going to win this game, to me, 68-65 against Tennessee. No, no, Tennessee um, – well, Tennessee is one of the best defensive teams, and a lot of that has to do with how they play their offense. It's going to be limited possessions. Uh, they also – one thing that's similar to is they play – you know, you heard Coach Musselman talk about how the margin for error is very small for the Hogs because of the known weaknesses they have. I mean, they can't afford to have – you know, they can turn it over, but they can't afford to have too many turnovers. They can't afford to have everybody shooting bad on the same night. Um, or even, you know, foul trouble. They, they, they cannot afford to have um, multiple guys in foul trouble. And that's that's another issue on the other side of things that, that could hurt them is uh, Tennessee is so physical, they come at you. It's we're going to have to play defense without fouling. I mean, it's just, you know, the numbers are short anyway, but you cannot have multiple guys fouling out. Pat, I was marveling at Isaiah Joe's return the other day. Not only did he shot the ball well, but he played 38 minutes in the game. It was a little surprising to me, and I know there are other ways to get your cardio in when you've got a leg injury like he did, but I was I was very impressed by that. I know he's probably fresher than some of the other guys because he's missed five games, but I thought that was a, as impressive as anything else he did the other day. Yeah. Well, it's weird how, you know, he is coming off of a knee injury, but he's got fresh legs. You know, I mean, that's, you know, for a guy that's had to endure about as difficult uh, defenses night in and night out as him, uh, you know, and he has. I mean, there's very few people, you know, in the country that has been paid so much attention to when when he had the ball. So that, that, that helped for sure, I think. You know, we were all kind of a little surprised that he was able to put it together first game back. Uh, but then again, we sh- probably shouldn't have been surprised. I mean, he, uh, you know, he, like you said, he can stay in shape, which he did. I'm sure he shot a bunch of shots. Um, and Coach Musselman was, and his teammates knew they needed him, so they just found him in rhythm. Uh, and he And he delivered big time.
when you look at what Joe brings defensively and then depth for this team, all of a sudden now they can play five guards at a time or coach can just rest a guard or he can bench a guard because he's not playing well. What, what do you think is the biggest factor of having Isaiah Joe back? Joe? Well, I think, first of all, you, you know, from the offensive standpoint, just having him on the floor, just having the ability for Coach Musselman to have someone to call a play for. And, you know, I mean, and have the defense respect it. You know, that's, you know, with Mason Jones, I think everybody in the defense knew, okay, we're going to drop a play for him. Who else do we have to worry about? Nobody really. I mean, every once in a mm-hmm. while, yeah, a guy will hit a shot. But you really have to make sure that Mason Jones coming off a high ball screen, contain him, force him to take a tough shot. Don't allow him to get to the, to the lane. And if you can do that, then we get a pretty good shot. You know, now it's another element to it with Isaiah Joe there. And from a, you know, he's at 6'5", he's going to have to, He's going to have to rebound. He's going to have to get on the defensive glass. Whether that, uh, however they do it, you know, having another guy in there. Because without him, who's getting most of the minutes? I mean, I know Ethan Henderson had played some minutes. and But, you know, like Musk said, you know, you can put five guards out there. Which doesn't necessarily mean you got to get beat up on the glass. Um, but you got to be quicker to the ball because you'll, at every position, you'll probably be, the, be quicker. From point guard all the way, you know, one to five, your matchup, uh, the Razorbacks probably be quicker. So they should be able to get to the ball quicker, you know, when it comes off the rim. The, the, the bad thing is Tennessee takes shots close to the rim. They run their offense. So when you take in and missing, you know, four or five footers, those rebounds don't come off the rim as far as, like, the, you know, the 25 footers. So that that's going to be another challenge, too. When you look at the remaining schedule for Arkansas, Tennessee at home, they hit the road, play at Georgia, come back, play LSU at home, and finish on the road against A&M. How many wins do you see? Well, take care of home, right? What's that, two? Who do we play on the road? We have Georgia. Georgia. A&M is on the road at the end. Georgia A&M. Now, all winnable games. Um, <laughs> with that being said, hmm. you know, I mean, I could give you a prediction, but will you really remember it in two weeks? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, they split. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> tell Pat me. Bradley all right. I'll tell you who wins. Split. I'll tell you who wins if you tell me how they play. They're going to play good. All right. <laughs> if it's just good, then I'll go. I'll take the home games. But if. You know, if they're creating turnovers, if they're create, causing havoc, um, you know, I would like to say if X, Y, Z happens, um, you know, like with Georgia, Georgia wants to get out in transition. Um, they've got – Georgia's one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the league. Hmm. They've got talent, um, but, you know, they're they got nine freshmen. <laughs> Texas A&M is – they have put together quite a conference play. I mean, Buzz Williams, he switches defenses. They're active. They're tough. They're physical. So that's another game where you can get beat up. And they got a, a huge – Josh Nebo is monster in the paint. Um, I just don't know. 
you know, he's the kind of guy that, yeah, in the first half, you may be able to switch. You may be able to sort of uh, trick him a little bit into not being able to get the ball to him. But I don't know if you can do that all game long. That's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, A&M's obviously playing well. They've won three in a row. Uh, Georgia's yeah. won a couple games in a row. We'd sort of written them off for dead, and then all of a sudden they back from the dead. They were revived, so they're they're playing pretty well right now. And Arkansas's two toughest games left, you know, it looks like, are at home with LSU and, and Tennessee, although I don't know if Tennessee's better than A&M right now or not. We're going to find out uh, on Wednesday. But, um, okay, so worst-case scenario, they split. I mean, if that's the worst case, I guess that's not the worst case. Worst case is they lose all four. But if Arkansas doesn't make the NCAA tournament, does this this team benefit from an NIT bid? I mean, I know we it's kind of a cliche question, but I mean, is there a lot of upside for this team knowing that it's going to be a completely revamped roster for next year? Yeah, that's that's that is going to be the tricky situation. Um, I would tend to say that they would still, just because. You know, I, I don't know, because you're right, if Isaiah Joe doesn't come back, Adriel Bailey's gone, um, you know, Mason Jones may be the only one that's, can you get, what, four or five guys sitting out, Sill is gone. Um, Jimmy Witt. Jimmy Witt is gone. Is Jalen Harris so, done since his last year? No. Hmm. Is he a junior? Yeah. What an, He's a junior, so I could. He may not be back, but I shouldn't say that. Yeah, but I could see how you know, and that that just goes to to Coach Musselman. You know, I don't know him well enough to get a get a feel on if he's sort of like, hey, let's let's trim the fat, let's let's focus on next year, and um, or if he if he sees playing games still part of encouraging the fan base uh winning a few you know ending the season on a few couple good wins you know i think if they can get to new york city you know that just kind of puts a um a, a good you know positive feel on his first season maybe he's thinking that you know maybe he wants people to think that they they did get to the postseason, not the NCAA, but they're building towards something. So maybe that image is, is something that's good for him. Because um, it doesn't look like, you know, it's it, you know some teams that don't go to the NIT, as uh, we found out before, if they're just all going in their own direction, it's just not good for anybody. But that this doesn't seem like that team. You know, I think the NCAA ought to allow players that are ineligible to play in postseason tournaments, not including the NCAA tournament. That'd be a good idea. There you go, Wes. Bring that up to the top, man. Yeah, I mean, it's for preparing for next season. We've all come to understand, right, that that's why teams are more willing to play in the NIT is so that they can prepare their Mm -hmm. team for the next season. So let those guys that, yeah, were ineligible during the year play in postseason play. That would be very interesting. Because you may have some guys who are preparing for the draft and don't want to play, and so you could, you know, exchange those spots for guys who are going to be eligible for the next year. That is a nifty idea. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. How many teams do you see getting into the NCAA tournament from the SEC as of right now? Um, eh, Probably five. And that's the thing is you look at Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, probably the teams that have the best shot with Mississippi State and Alabama. And, you know, the the issue is 
how do you get those quadrant one wins? And, you know, just looking at their schedules, that's what it's all about now is, you know, Alabama plays at Mississippi State. So Alabama wins tonight. They're in pole position. If, um, you know, let's say South Carolina still got Bama and, and Mississippi State left on their schedule, so they'll get a chance to sort right. things out for themselves. Right. So though one of those teams looks like is going to get knocked out, whether it's South Carolina, Alabama, or Mississippi State, because, you know, Saturday South Carolina, would say, yeah, plays Alabama. And then um, so you would think the way things set up, um, you know, Mississippi State has has a, has a dang good roster. Mm-hmm. Um, they get Ole Miss to close out the season at home. So Alabama and South Carolina play that last game on the road. So uh, I, I would say overall – you would think it would be Mississippi State, but I don't know, man. There's something about them <laughs> that you, you just can never you can never be too confident in what they're going to do. What game did um, you do Saturday, Pat? I did. It was Ole Miss, Alabama. You were there, okay? How do you? Yeah. How did they yeah, give man, up 58 good. points in the second half? What in the world happened over there? <laughs> um, Ole Miss is struggles they've their bench has not given them anything so it's basically three guy four guys Brian Brian Tyree yeah. ended up you know he he's got to do so much and they Alabama did a really good job defensively forcing tough shots and then they you know they've been looking for a big guy and they found a couple of their big guys played really well Smith and Davis and they were a rebound. And then Alabama does such a good job of spacing you out because they do have five guys that can shoot the three. And they'll space you out, and they'll try to dribble right in for a layup. If you try to help, they can pitch out quick for a three. And when that offense starts to, to roll, oh, man, it's just they, they, they can score very quick in bunches because they got quick triggers. That doesn't mean they take bad shots, but they're – they all know where to get in position quickly to create the spacing needed. So when you catch it, you're going to be able to have time to catch and shoot. Um, they're a fun team, man. They, they, they're going to be – that is going to be rolling. Now, they got one of the best point guards in the country, Kyra Lewis Jr. Um, he hell, That helps. But they, they got a kid sitting out this year from Villanova who's an absolute beast, guard, can shoot it, penetrate. So they, they're going to be tough for years to come, Alabama. How far do you see Kentucky? Is this a Final Four team, Elite Eight team? I, yeah, no question. There's no question. The The, the issue is, you know, they're, they're – I would say – and everyone talks about them inability to shoot, but they've shown that they can – if they need, you know, they've shown that they've got the ability. There's enough guys on that team. If they're making shots, they can make eight in a game, ten in a game, eleven in a game. Um, they just don't shoot a bunch of them. So with that, they defensively, they can be elite defensively because they got three big guards and they got big Nick Richards in the paint at six eleven blocking shots. Um, I would say the 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 biggest thing for them is if Ashton Hagens, Tyrese Maxey, Manuel Quickly, 
if they can get, because uh, they're good players. Tyrese Maxey's the most talented, but Hagen's a good player. He he needs to be more of a a, a facil like a dominant point guard, like really be a menace, get in the lane, drive and dish, one of those type of guys. Um, he shows moments where he can do that, but you know, I mean, in the NCAA tournament, we've seen time and time again. Of course, yeah, to win national championship, you need a you know team of great length. You got to be able to shoot it, but you got to have a guard that sort of just can dissect the defense on dribble penetration whenever he wants, get to where he wants. So, like I said, if he's shown he he's glimpses of that, um, for them to make a run, he's going to have to do that. You can't just dribble it up, throw it to the right, throw it to the left. Is Nick Richards open? Okay, Tyrese Maxey tries to penetrate. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're going to be more decisive and get his team in, in some kind of an offense that can strike. Uh, but they've got, listen, they've got the talent to win a national championship. That doesn't that doesn't mean it's one of his best and most talented teams. That's just, you know how it is. If things click, I mean, look at what Auburn, look at Texas Tech last year. I mean, those, they came out of nowhere, really, and it was because they were able to impose their will and their style on whoever they were playing against. PB, appreciate it, buddy. Where are you this week? I am down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> How about that, huh? Kirby Smart just came and just just stole Nick Saban's uh, strength and conditioning coach. You guys see that? Yeah, I heard Baz talking about it. He was supposed to do a sh- hit down there, I think, on one of the shows, and they canceled him because they were freaking out about it. It was apparently this guy's like <laughs> it's a the, weird deal. He's like the motor that runs the ship down there. Apparently, yeah, but I don't know. He's a big deal. H- here's my question though. So you have the strength and conditioning coach, and the more you look into this guy, Scott Cochran, he's been there for a while. He has been credited uh, with being such a big piece of Alabama's success, right? Mm -hmm. Because strength and conditioning coaches, they can spend more time. They're not limited to the time that they can spend with the players in the offseason. So they're important. You know, a regular coach, a position coach, is limited with what they can do. So now the strength coach is, becomes important because he's got a day-to-day influence on the players. But he's hired to be the special teams coach at Georgia. Now, I don't know. Is he, like, Georgia is one of the elites. Right. Is he one of the best special team coaches in the world, college football? I don't know. No, because Arkansas just hired him away from Georgia. Their special teams coach? Yeah. So the, isn't it weird, though? Do you think Kirby Smart is, like, hired him knowing he wanted to be on the field coach but also just to try to take a bite out of Nick Saban and the machine? Well, I think part Would of you- it is he's like, okay, we get his uh, strength and conditioning expertise. And let's be honest, I mean, if he dedicates a lot of time to special teams, I think that's just a commitment thing more than anything. Uh, I think he'll probably be just fine. So I don't know. They say special teams coaches – well, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess – I was surprised when a special teams coach was hired as the head coach of the New York Giants. And then the more you read into it, the more you see how important, you know, because they get to deal with so many different sides of the ball. It's not just a position, you know, it's not just coaching cornerbacks doing the same thing. It's Mm -hmm. multiple things that these guys have to be able to coach, which I think is pretty fascinating. It's almost like a head coach within a team. On the special team side. Yeah, 
It's an important role, but I got to think if you're a, you're an accomplished coach of any sort, that if you dedicate all your time to special teams, you can do a pretty good job with it. I don't think it's the same as calling plays or even calling a defense. So, Lane Kiffin tweeted out yesterday that he uh, loved the hire first of all, and thought Cochran one day will be an excellent head football coach. That he has that kind of future go. in front of him. Very good. Well, all right, I guess he was wanted to be on the field, so that's that seems like a that answers that question. Then step in the right <laughs> direction. So, PB, we'll see you Wednesday night on the SEC Network and then Saturday in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and South Carolina. Be a fun matchup. That's a big game for those teams. Right. It is. Good times. Good times abound. All right, buddy. We, All right, boys. We appreciate you, brother. you, brother. All right. See you. All right, Pat Bradley. Always good. And we appreciate him coming on, courtesy of Bring a Battery. Simplifying your battery experience online at bringabattery.com. What does that mean? Who typed that? I did. What does that mean? New York Giants ho- hired the Patriots wide receiver coach. To do what? To be He's their head, head coach. coach. He's their head coach. Is that where he went from? From yeah. wide receiver coach to that? It wasn't the special teams coach. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Ah, okay. I don't even know what's more impressive. Wide receivers coach or special well, teams coach? Well, considering their wide receivers aren't good, it's not that impressive. Who's? I think he did both. I thought he was a wide receiver coach Maybe and special team. Don't you have to be? I think he's probably great. Well, I mean... How would you rate their talent comparatively to other well, NFL teams? Well, that's what teams? I'm saying. Their wide receivers aren't that good, but it may not be his fault. Yeah, maybe he's a damn good coach and he's just working with inferior talent. I think that's probably the case to be made. Maybe Brady's just too dang picky and wants the guys exactly where he wants them instead of just freewheeling a little bit. Maybe it's Brady's fault. <laughs> yes, there's an exact science to route running, I think you would probably argue, right? I mean, it's like you're supposed to run a five-yard in and you make it seven. Kind of throws the timing off a little bit. So, yeah, I just think – Aren't you the greatest? They continue to do this, like, we don't need talented, high-priced wide receivers, and Pat will beat that drum till he's dead. But, I mean, it is nice to have a couple of game-breakers that are in the mix to make things interesting. I mean, I don't know where the Saints would have been without Michael Thomas this year, but I shudder mm. to think. Well, the good news for the Patriots, this draft has a ton of wide receivers. I heard NFL Network today said 27 wide receivers have a – First, second, or third round grade. Wow. Omar Bayless, one of them? I don't know. I bet he is. I would think. But if he's not, I'll take him in the fourth round. Bro, there ain't no doubt. Uh, no I'd doubt. Love for my, my Cowboys mind. to get him in the fourth round. Ain't no doubt. But you think about it, 27, that's almost one per team you could take in the first three rounds. I mean, every, every team needs a wide receiver. If they're that good, I guess so. I'll take one. I know the Cowboys are talking with Amari Cooper and they got Michael Gallup, but go ahead and take a third wide receiver. We need to talk about the Cowboys, too. Uh, was Stephen Jones, I think, mm-hmm. weighing in on uh, Dak Prescott and what they're going to do there. We'll get to that. When we come back, we're going to talk about C.J. O'Grady, who's at the Combine and hoping to get uh, catch on with the team despite some of his off-the-field negatives. He's certainly got a lot of on-the-field positives. There's no question about that. He's saying the right things, and we'll hear from him coming up. Uh, I will tell you this. These guys will either be celebrating or lamenting their draft status when it's all said and done. A good way to celebrate or to maybe contemplate. Old Dominic. I like that. That could be their motto. To celebrate or to contemplate. Old Dominic's here to help. Great whiskey brand over in Memphis. Available here now in central Arkansas. Check out your favorite spirits shop or some local bars and restaurants have it in stock as well. They've got Memphis Toddy. Check that out. Very unique whiskey that's got some citrus flavors and some spices in it. It's very, very unique. I think you could have a ton of fun trying to come up with different cocktails using that. But their Hewling Station bourbon whiskey, that's kind of their go-to standard. Hunter proof, small batch, high rye, really good. Great drinking on the rocks, neat. 
or if you want to mix it in a cocktail, excellent as well. Memphis Vodka, Honey Bell Citrus Vodka. There are other offerings, and coming soon, gin will be part of the Old Dominic lineup as well. So check it out very soon if you are one who likes to imbibe. Uh, Old Dominic out of Memphis, really good stuff available here in Central Arkansas. Take a break. Be back in a sec. Quite frankly, when Isaiah wasn't wasn't in uniform, we, I mean, they kind of self-subbed. You know, there was now we can kind of sub based on performances. And uh, before, if a guy wasn't playing well, he still got minutes because we had we had nowhere else to turn. And so by getting Isaiah back and and a player that you know is going to play 30 to 38 minutes or whatever, it certainly allows us to substitute based on productivity and such that on that given night. Well, listen, if you're not producing next year, look out because you ain't playing. Eric Musselman's going to have the luxury of using his bench, and he's going to have a whole lot more bench to work with next year. So I imagine that the product we see on the floor will be far better, if only because he's got the bench as a deterrent to poor play or lack of effort. I like, too, he said, you know, now someone's not playing well, I can sit them on the bench. At least I have, with Isaiah Joe back, you have the opportunity to substitute. You didn't even have that last Well, and week. you can play the five guards you want to play, too, yeah. right? I didn't realize that Harris had another year left. I thought he was done. He's not going to play much next year. I can't imagine with those other guys coming in. He may play a lot somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. That's a, that's a possibility. And I'm not hating on him. He's just no. he's not explosive. He's got limitations. And, I mean, you know, if he's, he's had a couple of boneheaded plays in critical situations lately. Mm-hmm. I'm still not as bent out of shape about the play at the end of the – was it Mississippi State game? Oh, Justin, Justin. Justin. 360 pass? Yeah, I mean, he I know – jumped it, up in the air and – Yeah, I mean, but, again, you still have, you have two defenders you're accounting for that are right next to you. You don't anticipate a guy's going to come up from almost to the baseline to, to steal the pass. The guy made a hell of a play. Great anticipatory play defensively, I thought. But, um, yeah, the one the other day was like, dude, I mean, we're just trying to milk this baby out. Will you come on? What are you doing? We don't even need you to make a play at this point. So, I mean, what a good play. I'm not arguing that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, more Razorback things. Two other things. First of all, we're going to hear from from the Combine here in a second. C.J. O'Grady's down there. How many Arkansans are down there? Four. Did Bayless get invited? Yes. So who else from Arkansas? C.J. O'Grady, Bayless, Scuda Harris, uh, McTelvin Aguim, Sosa Aguim. Oh, and uh, Kim. Curl. So you got five. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, well, we'll hear from C.J. in a second. The funny thing that came out of yesterday was um, LSU's quarterback, Joe Burrow, <laughs> his hand is apparently not very big, and they make a big deal about this every year. Apparently Mahomes' hand's not very big either. Really? He's only like nine and a half. That's surprising because he's a pretty big guy. Yeah. Usually, the taller you are, the bigger your hands are. Usually. Yeah. Joe Klein's got a, like a 17, I think. Yeah. Um, I pulled out a ruler. I want to measure. We can re- measure our hands. Okay. Because I was just surprised that Burrow, at his size, it, he measured nine inches. Remember the whole Brandon Allen thing? His hands were very small, and he went to masseuse, and they massaged the muscles and were able to actually get his hands to stretch out further. And so he, he measured from the senior bowl like at eight and three quarters. He, he got a, like a, an entire quarter of an inch, and when he went to the combine, it got up to nine. It was only that simple. And so Burrow yesterday, with his hand so small, tweeted out he needed everyone's thoughts because he was contemplating retiring from football because the ball would just slip right out of his hand. So let's go to C.J. O'Grady, and then I got one other thing here, and then we'll take a break. Travis is here from Eat My Catfish. It is Fat Tuesday. A lot of people thinking about fish or non 
meat items, I guess, for tonight. So we've got some options for you there if you're into it. Uh, and certainly eat my cabbage is always outstanding. This is C.J. O'Grady, and I, I like what he did here. He didn't have to do this, but he kind of fell on his sword. He could have played the whole Chad Morris story. He chose to go the other way. What Coach Morris came out and said wasn't all the way true. Um, it wasn't a mutual agreement. Uh, I was actually removed, dismissed from the team. Uh, I decided to, uh, very immature part of mine, after the Alabama game, kind of told the coaches, I don't really want to come. I'm, my body's sore. Just ex- lame excuses. Uh, immature, I like to uh, call it the, the old CJ. Uh, I I'm, I'm, I'm moved past that. Yeah, it seems simple. Two things. First of all, him protecting C.J. O'Grady might be the best thing that Chad Morris did during his entire tenure at Arkansas because, again, you're not getting him back on the field. There's no reason to further hurt his draft status. There's no reason to do damage to the kid. So I applaud Chad Morris for that. That might be the only thing that he did that was reasonably positive at Arkansas. The second thing is this isn't an isolated incident with C.J. O'Grady. This is his whole dang career at Arkansas. Wasted opportunity. After wasted opportunity, missed chance after missed chance, and blown second and third chance after blown second and third chance. So I hope that he's finally turned the corner and finally figured it out. But what have we seen over the years? Typically, these guys don't ever figure it out. So if I'm a team, I might take a chance on him in the fifth or sixth, seventh round for sure because the kid's got huge upside. But I have a, he's got a lot to prove to me that he's got to figure it out from a mental standpoint and maturity standpoint. Yeah, I would correct you. It's probably not his second or third chance. It's probably like his fourth or fifth chance or chances we don't even know about. It's his second or third chance at a second or third chance. Yes. yes. And, and this isn't just at college. It, it happened in high school. There, there's a pattern here over and over and over. CJ's got to make a priority in his life and figure out what it's going to be. Is it going to be football? And until he proves it is football, no one's going to take a chance on him that's going to cost them something. And that's I don't think he's taken in the fifth round, maybe the sixth round, probably more like the seventh round, and most likely he's a free agent. I mean, there are those that say he's undraftable because of what he has shown time and time and time again. So why even waste a draft pick on him when you know he may not be there for you because he hasn't been there consistently for his past teams and past coaches? He'll get drafted, though, don't you think? I don't I know. I think he'll get drafted. You do? No. I do. I don't. Fifth or six. I think it's fifty-fifty. That's probably fair, but I think I would bet. I would bet that he's going to get drafted, because talent trumps everything at that level. Yeah, you it know I like, like to bet and I like to win meals from you. I don't think I'd bet you on this one. I think you're right. I think I wouldn't he gets bet you drafted. on it either. I think he gets drafted, but I'm just saying there there's a chance, more a higher chance than a lot of people think that he does well, not get drafted. What sucks for him is he's a, he's a top three round talent, and so uh, if he oh, yeah. had kept his act together at Arkansas. There's no telling what could have happened for him. Mm-hmm. Dude, this is a guy that could have followed in the footsteps of DJ Williams and Hunter Henry as Mackey Award winners at the University of Arkansas. And he blew that chance, and he blew a shot, like you just said, to be a first, second, third round, second or third round pick. Mm-hmm. Tight ends don't usually go in the first round, maybe one or two a year. Two from Iowa. Yeah. He, he, you know, but yeah, he's a day two pick, and he may not even go get picked. He blew it. For now. Is it too late? Story's not over yet. Final chapter's not written on him. Nope. We're not even halfway through the book yet, so let's wait and see what happens. I'm wishing him well. I'm not rooting against him. I'm just saying you, you can talk it, and he said the right thing there, and I appreciate the fact that he owned it, but you got to prove it to me you know, once you're on the team and because he's going to face If he thinks he's faced adversity at Arkansas, just wait, bro. All right, let's uh, hurry up, clock. Let's go. Rock and roll. we got to get through this segment fast because I need to go eat. 
Uh, Travis <laughs> is here from Eat My Catfish, and we're not really talking about catfish. So we talk about this with other businesses we work with sometimes. That uh, It's a bit of a misnomer sometimes. Like River City Flooring, they do more than just flooring. You guys do more than just catfish. We can go and eat my cat, eat my crawfish all day if you want. Eat my crawfish today. <laughs> I like that. Or eat my crab legs. Yeah. Or just eat my really spicy uh, shake here. Yeah. Eat, eat my willy dust. Mama. How are you, man? Good, man. It's it's our day. Happy Fat Tuesday. You own it. I mean, this is your whole day. Like you're gonna you're gonna just take over uh, Fat Tuesday. That's that's pretty heady stuff. Why not? Well, you know why not? I'm cool with it. We got plenty of crawfish for everybody. Where do you uh, you get your stuff from Louisiana? I assume you don't like get it from up the street. No, absolutely. Uh, most of it comes out of Eunice, but there's a couple of little parish towns and communities it comes out as well. But yeah, we're farm to table from three different farmers have been for 11 years. You know, Eunice is a name that has gone out of fashion, but I really mm-hmm. would like to see more people use that for their next round of kids. Well, there's aunts and uncles named Eunice. Yes, yeah, great aunts and great uncles, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I think we'd go great on great, that. Yeah, great or yeah. great, great. Yeah, I'd like to see that that name come back into vogue. If I ever. Uh, I ever have another kid, Wes? Eunice Acre. Why not? <laughs> Let me go middle name. What's your middle name? Eunice. That's uh, it's good. So, all right. So you have uh same lineup at all the different Eat My Catfish locations? Absolutely. But, yeah, today's the craw- fat, uh, fat Tuesday, obviously. So we got two pounds of crawfish, one potato, one corn for fourteen ninety nine. Okay. But we got the bull and buckets as well. We brought you all that Smack Your Mama, which is a half pound of crab legs, your, your bulled gulf shrimp, a pound of crab, I mean, uh, crawfish, potatoes, and corn. But you dream it, we can cook it. What is your window for crawfish at your place? <clears throat> as long as the farms are producing it, we'll, we'll, we're, we're going to try to get it up. It starts second to third week of January, and we'll go you know, hopefully to July 4th, but sometime in oh, June really? for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's way deep. Okay, that's mm-hmm. a lot longer than I would have expected. And is crab legs always an available option? Yep, sir. Okay. Yeah, 365. So, Catfish-crab um, leg combo. I mean, that's pretty spectacular. Yeah. These bowling buckets are, are really good. So the cool thing about those crab legs there is they absorb the same spice as the crawfish are boiled in as well. That's that willy dust you have over there. Mm-hmm. So you ever eat the knuckle meat on the crab? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's going to be like a spicy knuckle meat. It's so good. Mm. But we also have lobster crab claws, Jonah crab, mussels. You can build your own, um, you know, some people call it, if Pat was still on, he'd call it steamer pot, right? Yeah. It's a North, northeast sure. type deal. Yeah, we call them bull and buckets. What was the one again? The back it up? Uh, the Jonah, Jonah crab? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. What is that? It's just a different type of crab. I don't blue crab. It's a smaller claw. Okay. Uh, so it's it, you're seeing a lot. So it's like that. Uh, that's no crab there, but it's gonna be a little bit bigger, flatter, a bit more meat in it. Okay. It's a little bit sweeter meat. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Same area. Where do you, where are those from? I think those are more Gulf. Okay. Yeah. All right. And how's and the catfish always an option, I guess, as well. Man, straight that's out straight out of tunica twice twice wheat packed on ice, never fresh, never frozen. Straight out of tunica. Yeah, tunica. It's the safest bet I ever got in Tunica was your catfish, <laughs> that's for sure. That's the only winner you got out of Tunica. I got a couple winners last time we were over there, but uh, yeah, typically I would say the catfish would be a safer bet for sure. Yeah. How many locations? We're at five. So we just opened up Fayetteville. Uh, we're in North Fayetteville by Schmitty's and uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. McAllister's all right there together. You know, that's at the mall. Uh, we opened up that in October. We got down here we're at Benton, Conway, Little Rock, and North Little Rock. Okay. Oh, everybody has plenty of crawfish. Yeah, today. I've seen your, your Conway location too. I haven't been in there yet, but I need to check that out. Uh, already named best. Have you guys been named best catfish in Fayetteville yet? Because I think we you got our vote. Now, do you do you do the spring football game too for UCA? Yeah, yeah. So we, we, the the Lomai has a crawfish bowl every year. Before that's that's us. Okay, us and I think Lost Forty usually partner up on that one. Excellent. Yeah, crawfish beer. Do you guys serve mm. beer at your place? Absolutely. Okay, thought so. Can you eat crawfish without beer? Mm-hmm. You could, but it's not nearly as much fun. No. Yeah. What are you gonna cool it down with? Ice water. Kind of lame. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds terrible. Even coming out of my mouth. I'm sorry, I even said that. 
<laughs> How is the Fayetteville uh, store doing? Man, it's our smoothest open so far. It's it, those people up there are so nice. Not that Central's not, mm-hmm. but you always hear that 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 the northwest part of the state is different. It really is different. It's been a really good experience. Yeah, love it. Had the kids up there last weekend. But girl, so I got two little girls. We took them to the gymnastics meet. My wife did. That's fun on Friday night. And we turn around noon basketball tip off. Little baseball. Yeah, can't go wrong. Yeah, Where, what? Lo, where's your location in Fayetteville? You know where the mall is? I do. In North Fayetteville? Yeah, we're right there in, in the cluster of all those restaurants. It's the it's the original Buffalo Wild Wings, if you know where it was at before it moved across the street. Oh, the yeah. corner there? Yeah, right next to Party City. Mm-hmm. Okay. How, how many you find so many people from central Arkansas that are going up to Fayetteville, their kids go up to Fayetteville, and they're like, where are we going to go eat? And, yeah. and now everybody knows eat my catfish, so it's just like a, a natural transition for them. Absolutely. We want to be that place. It is unreal, though, the good amount of good faith uh, we had up there before we moved. I had no idea. And the amount of people that have moved up there since uh, we opened in. Oh, you think of all the college kids, you know, and then the parents. Yeah. Uh, true story. It was about a month ago, and you know, we started in a food truck in Benton 12 years ago. So we ran the food truck for three years. There was one night a month ago, I was working the floor in, in Fayetteville, and there was three different tables at one time that had, had dined with us in the food truck. Oh, wow. And they all live there at that point right now. That's pretty wild. Isn't that, that crazy? crazy. And that, that just tells you the amount of people have moved up that way. Wow. Talking to Travis. Well, the impact you made on well, on people that. 12 years ago in a food truck. Well, must be memorable if they're coming back. Yeah. yeah. Talking to Travis from Eat My Catfish. You can find out more at eatmycatfish.com. Find the location nearest to you. Uh, what percentage of your business is catering versus in, in-store dining? Uh, about 8. 8%. 8%. 8% getting. Very exact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> number so that food about. truck, we still have it. We, we, okay. we cater across the state. We have two of them, actually three of them now that we can cater all corners. It's like if you're throwing a soiree, you can come out and do the truck deal. Yeah, soirees, weddings, bar okay. mishmusks. Okay. Yeah. Well. Which store do you spend your most time in right now? I don't know. Little Rock? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where are your kids in school? Miss Selma's. Miss Selma's, okay. Yeah. So you guys live in Little Rock? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Your, get, where do your kids go? Uh, Little Rock Christian. And I got one at Harding now, too. So it's about the same, except just a little more expensive. Uh, let me get Tyrone in here real quick. And we got just a couple minutes left here with Travis. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, what's going on, guys? Y'all having a good day? Everything's beautiful. How are you, buddy? Man, I'm great, man. I was You stole my thunder. I was just going to say about how great the, the catering is there. He uh, had a metro area bass club there earlier, well, late last year, and we had a great time. And, you know, I get to drive Travis and his beautiful wife, you know, all the time. So You're talking to Tyrone, the best fisherman slash Uber or personal driver in, the, in, the, in Metro Little Rock. Yeah, yeah, man. I just want to call up and, you know, give my plug because y'all did a great job for us, and uh, we really did appreciate it. I appreciate you, Tyrone. All right, all right. Y'all have a good one. All right, buddy. Good hearing from you. Take care. Now, if there's a group that knows catfish, it's anglers. You know, they know Absolutely. how to they know how to catch it, they know how to clean it, and they know how to cook it. So I if they're thought, giving you a compliment, then that means something. I thought he was going to call up and see if he could, did bass. Because, I mean, I, that's his <laughs> Eat go-to. my bass. Yeah. That doesn't have a very good ring well, to no, it. Well, no, but he could make it taste good. Uh, let's see here. So you went to the basketball game the other day. Which game did you go to? Saturday's game? Missouri, yeah. Okay. Good game. That was a good one. So, uh, y'all eat crawfish? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So how many how many pounds? You sit down right now. How many pounds are you eating? So much work. Yeah. I like it to be done for me. Yeah, I do. I so I'll eat. One, I'll find one myself. To two. How one. much can I eat? Five pounds. Yeah, yeah. I could eat five pounds, but yeah. I gotta. It's just the work. I gotta have the time. Yeah, about, I find about, myself eating the potato and the corn just to fill myself up. Yeah. What about the crab legs? I eat thirty-two pounds of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, crab the legs crab are legs. probably my yeah. favorite thing. I think there is a huge misconception internationally that, that lobster trumps crab, and I'll take crab over lobster any day of the week. 
I love shrimp. I love your fried shrimp. Uh, when I go, I get the the fried catfish and shrimp platter, the combo platter. But that's my thing. I love I love shrimp. Uh, Alex says, question for Pat. We just missed him. Sorry. Is the SEC going to get more than four teams in the big dance, or is Pat still sitting in the lap of the SEC and thinking all fourteen teams? He said five. He said five. Which I think is five is reasonable because oh, one yeah. of these, if one of these teams that are in the mix will rise to the occasion, and I'm not counting Arkansas out either, mm-hmm. but it would it would be a long shot. That's what Lenardi was kind of thinking also on Saturday around five. But if they all split, like you see South Carolina beat Bama, and then Bama beat somebody, and then Mississippi State beat somebody, and this, I mean, it could be bad, and you mm-hmm. end up with just four. I don't think any of them are going to make it real deep anyway. Uh, Jones and Joe should return next year, says Bobby Jack. I agree. Team will make the NCAA tournament next year. NCAA tournament equals more exposure, equals higher draft pick. Not always, but I think both those guys could be huge. Mm-hmm. They'll both have a chance to average close to 20 a game next year. you got to think both are coming back as of right now. Yeah, and he could play 30, I would think, 30-plus minutes. He's, he And you've seen it before. He goes heavy with his guys that he likes mm-hmm. or that are going to play. So even with his studs coming in, the young guys, I mean, Joe and Mason Jones are going to play heavy minutes. Yeah, and not all the studs will be ready to play 30 minutes right away. They're going to be have to work in. Go see Travis and eat my catfish.